The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Invasive species, they're everywhere. They've infiltrated our waters and marshes. They're a growing threat to our prairies. They're damaging our forests, and they're causing mayhem wherever they go. Their economic impact is insurmountable. So Jim and Trav and their expert panel will weigh the impacts, discuss a viable solution, and talk preventative measures when it comes to invasive species. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Here's Jim and Trav. You need to care about invasive species. It's an invasion from coast to coast. We are under attack everywhere. From Africanized killer honeybees in the southwest, to South American Nutria in Louisiana. Whatever gets here lives forever. To the spread of the Burmese python in the Florida Everglades. All part of a scary trend. I'm scared. That little girl that said she was scared is freaking me out. That's scary. That's creepy. That's like holy cow. That's like out of uh, Amityville Horror or something. Ryan Reynolds. That was scary. <laughs> uh, anyways, we are talking about. It was a scary show. We are talking about invasive species on today's show, and I don't know if you boys and girls actually know this, uh, but we've got quite a problem Houston, uh, here in America. Problem. Invasive species, we're spending more money than we have. we got a lot of problems, so let's just focus <laughs> on invasive species right now. But before we get to invasive species, Jimmy, I want to pull something out. This is really exciting. Uh, this is great news. All right, this is from the National Shooting Sports Foundation. All right, the National Shooting Sports Foundation reports that a new survey shows that 79, 79% of the American public approve of hunting. This marks the highest level of support for hunting since 1995, according to the data compiled by the Responsive Management and Independent Research Firm. Now, the nationwide uh, scientific survey showed that the public's approval of hunting rose uh, five points in the past year, up from 74% to 79%. They just don't want us to use guns. Something's not adding up. Maybe we make a gun out of a fruit uh, loop or something. I think you are a fruit loop. <laughs> now, uh, once again, though, we are talking about invasive species on today's show. It's going to be a very interesting show, so I highly recommend you staying tuned. Uh, but in this week's Ramp Power Block... Hey, guys. What's up, G? Powered by Ram at RamTrucks.com. Hey, we'll have the president and CEO of Wildlife Forever's Doug Grand, and then 40-785-846-7647 will be Lake Commando Steve Panaz, Rick Boatner, who's the Invasive Species and Wildlife Integrity Coordinator for the Oregon Department of Fish and Game, the editor of Trout Magazine, Kurt Dieter, and finally... Ken Joelli, and he's the program extension agent with the University of Florida. I like Jim said just a second ago, we're just now being joined by a Doug Grand, and he is the... What are you doing? I was pointing at you. Oh, my eye. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, Doug Grand, he's the president and CEO of Wildlife Forever. He owns it. He paid $1.98. Now he's going to burn it down. He's going to he's gonna ruin it. Uh, but anyways, you know, Doug, we want to focus on zebra mussels and quagga mussels with you. But, you know, zebra mussels, I mean, these are highly prolific invasive species, and they have caused, I mean, widespread property damage, have displaced endemic bivalve species, and are generally just considered a pest, kind of a nuisance. But on the other hand, their filter feeding efficiently cleans water, uh, which everybody knows, maybe not everybody, uh, but has uh, greatly helped uh, smallmouth bass and yellow perch. Now, that does not offset all the bad that they do, but that is the, the only good thing that they do do. You know, I guess you got to give them a pat on the back for it. But, I mean, these are some bad things, aren't they, Doug? Well, absolutely. Uh, zebra mussels uh, are probably the poster child of the invasive species. Almost everybody encounters them. Yeah. Uh, the, the little tiny filter feeders mm -hmm. wreak havoc on your equipment and yeah. on your boat and your motor. And it's evident when you pull your boat out, uh, they're clinging to it. And when you pull your docks out in the in the winter to store them, they're encrusted. Anything you put in the lakes, once they get zebra or quagga, they're there as a serious problem to impede your fun, your work, and your fish catching. Now, do you honestly think, Doug, 
that we're going to be able to stop the zebra mussels and the quagga mussels from infiltrating, like you said, more of our pristine lakes and bodies of water. Because, I mean, let's go back to prohibition. That didn't work. <laughs> Look at our fight on drugs. Uh, now you can buy them legally in Colorado and other states. It's like when when, when we give up, we support them. Um, is this something you think that we can honestly um, contain curtail? or curtail? Well, I think we have to try. It, it, yeah. We have to try to slow the advance. Yeah. And because there will be a day that science will come together with the outdoor community and there'll be a cure, just like for AIDS. There will be prevention until that time, and then one day we'll be rid, of, as society, of that, that uh, villain. And with zebra mussel and quagga mussels, we have to keep as many lakes from getting them as possible. There's research right now with a, a chemical that stops zebra mussels, but the application of it, and particularly with quagga mussels, see, quagga mussels will prosper mm. uh, in deep water, in 400 feet of water and oh, cold water. Really? And the problem is, if you dump a chemical into the Great Lakes, a bucket, how's it going to get down 400 feet and work on, on that particular zebra mussel, quagga mussel, wherever it may be found. and But so far, research has found a cure in shallow water and contained areas like uh, some of the narrows between lakes. They're having some success getting rid of them. So I think it's on the horizon. Yeah. What people don't realize, they can physically look at it and say, geez, I don't see any quagga or zebra mussels on my boat or anything like that. But it's the larva that gets them, isn't it? You're 100% right, Jim, and it's something I thought we really need to stress that the larva, which when the eggs are invisible in the water, I mean, little tiny microscopic eggs are invisible, and when they hatch, there's a larva that's also invisible, and there can be as many as 100 larvae in an ounce of water. Oh, oh my so gosh. When you clean, drain, dry your boat, you think, God, dry the boat. <laughs> uh, you know, wiping that boat down is a bit of a hassle. Yeah. Uh, but when you do, you're destroying that. You're eliminating that water that could have hundreds of larvae in those drops of water or in, in your bilge or in your drain that when you went to the next lake could escape and then mature into zebra mussels or quagga. Now, before we go on with this, Doug, if we want to find out more about you in Wildlife Forever, and possibly some preventative measures that we can take. And what can we uh, do to help you? Yeah, where do we need to head to online to do that? The easy way is to remember cleandraindry.org, O-R-G, mm -hmm. oh. and it is cleandraindry.org, and all the best management practices to stop this invasion can be found there, as well as video clips and information and public service announcements, everything you need to know, and together... This is something the sporting community can take on, and I think in our lifetime we'll see a result of getting rid of zebra mussels. Yeah, and then really a, a secondary a plus for doing this uh, clean, drain, and dry is also you're going to be eliminating uh, any vegetation that might be uh, on the boat, on the motor, or on the trailer from taking and transporting milfoil or whatever it may be to another lake. Well, and there's so many, Jim. Uh, I mean, we've got the spiny water flea and the milfoil the hydrangea and all these other pests that are foreign invaders that are taking over our lakes. If you clean, drain, dry, you're going to eliminate it all. You bet. Now, because we have spread it and uh, Wildlife Forever is doing such a great job, what can we do as uh, just the average citizen to help out Wildlife Forever in your endeavor to be able to take care of these invasive species? Well, you know, Jim, the best way is, is to take that pledge to clean, drain, and dry uh, your boat every time you're out there, no matter what you're doing. Number two, look us up on the web, wildlifeforever.org. Last year, 37.7% of every dollar we spent went to our mission to help fish and wildlife. Holy cow. If you cow. think that's good, join us and help us do more. Yeah, now, what does it cost to join? Ten bucks will get you started. Ten, ten bucks. bucks. Shoot, you can't go to McDonald's for ten bucks. Yeah, went to <laughs> Starbucks today and it was like a hundred bucks. And I got <laughs> I got a small coffee, Doug. That's all I got. <laughs> well, 
then it's as cheap as a cup of coffee. Right now, we even have some incentives for twenty-five bucks. Really, a free pocket knife. Oh, holy cow! You can get a membership, and then Jim will cut himself. It's going it. to happen, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I can take it on an airplane now. <laughs> yeah, you can. That's a good thing. All right, so hey, we're the Revolution. We're proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you check them out at outdoorchannel.com and Ram Trucks or ramtrucks.com plus Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That is H I M T N Jerky.com plus Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Mr. Doug, this has been so great having you on, and thank you for all the wonderful work you guys there at a Wildlife Forever are doing and just everything to help out the outdoors community. Thank you so much, friend. Well, thank you, Travis. Thank you, Jim, for spreading the message to clean, drain, and drive. Thanks so much. You bet. Hey, coming up next, we've got Lake Commando Steve Panaz, and he's going to talk to us about flying Asian carp. Remember, Cat Daddy says, uh, baby Asian flying carp. <laughs> Cat Daddy is the best. Uh, but anyways, we've got to get to a break. We'll talk to you guys after this. But first, here's a Ram Trucks factoid from Mark. See you after this. I love these guys. They make funny with their mouth. Ram Trucks Invasive Species Factoid. Although the numbers vary widely, some of the current research estimates that there are approximately 50,000 non-native species in the United States today. However, of that 50,000 species, approximately 4,300 have been considered invasive species. And the estimated damage from invasive species worldwide totals more than 1.4 trillion, which is equal to 5% of the global economy. There's more revolution with Jim and Traff to come, so stick around. Outdoor Channel, the leader in outdoor television for 20 years, has talent you can't see anywhere else. Follow experts like Jim Shockey, Ted Nugent, Michael Waddell, Lee and Tiffany, and more as they take you inside the lifestyle, around the world, and into the tree stands. We're celebrating 20 years of raw television, rugged adventure, and heritage. And it's only on Outdoor Channel, true to the core. Get it today. Call 855-44-OUTDOOR. To take it all head on, channel the universe, steer the satellites, defy the elements, roar past convention, shift every course, rewrite the roadmaps, push beyond the possible, and bring the world to its knees. It takes the new 2013 Ram 1500, engineered to move heaven and earth. The road doesn't end here. This is only the beginning. Guts. Glory. Ram. Ram's a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. When's the last time you had a good time? This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. You're blue crappiness. No, I am not. Hey, we're back. And uh, phoning us at 785-846-7647 is our next guest. Now, do you know the proper definition of an invasive species, Jimmy? Uh, not proper. I just know that it's bugging me. Frank! Fly it! An invasive species is a species that's been transported from one part of the planet to the other by people and a species that has a harmful impact. Now it makes more sense. Sure. I didn't know that. Anything that moves from one part of the country to the other that's not originally there? That's not invasive. indigenous. It's invasive. There you go. We're invasive. Yes. Hmm. That's kind of sad. We should this conversation get rid of ourselves. <laughs> uh, speaking of invasive species, this just in. Uh, South Florida residents are being warned to be on the lookout for one of the world's most destructive invasive species. And it is the uh, giant African land snail, which can grow as big as a rat. Holy so cow. be on the lookout for uh, rat-like snails or snail-like rats. How you know you how to get that? rid of these things? How? A little wine, a little garlic, escargot. Cook them up. That'd be a meal. Uh, uh, what if you could eat them? A snail as big as a Why not? You can I eat get a anything. Wing. Uh, anyways, they were first spotted back in 2011. Uh, they're growing rapidly. They're catching more than uh, 1,000 each week in the Miami-Dade area. But this is the problem. Um, they're very hungry. Really? Very hungry. They can eat through uh, stucco, plastic, and they've been known, let me read this, uh, been known to eat more than 500 species of plants. Pretty much anything that is green, they will eat. 
But when you run over them on the interstate, because everybody likes to run over snails, turtles, snakes, they'll pop your tires. Something to aim at. They're, they're, pop your tires. They're so sharp, they'll pop your tires. But this is the dangerous part. They're finding that when people are mowing their yards, these snails get in there. And then that blade, you know, whops around. Like hitting and, a rock, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much like hitting a rock with a, uh, a baseball bat. And it, it's very, it's a sharp, fast-flying projectile you don't want to get hit with. It could kill you. Yeah, speaking of killing you. Uh, Steve Panassa's show, Late Commandos. <laughs> It'll bore you to death. No, Steve, Steve Panassa is just now joining us. We're going to be talking about Asian carp. Uh, he's got a wonderful program, Late Commandos. But once again, he phoned us at 785-846-7647. Yeah, now, uh, for Lake Commandos, you fish all over the place, Steve, but you have actually never run into uh, Asian carp, or they run into you. Yeah, Anyways. literally or figuratively. Uh, have you? No, I have not spent a lot of time in the core carp areas. But what concerns me is, um, based out of Minneapolis, is the fish have been found just south of Minneapolis. And they're, wow. and they're looking at trying to stop the migration there, because once it gets north of there, the, Minnesota, the Mississippi feeds into so many lakes in Minnesota and all the way through the country that, uh, I mean, it's scary when you start talking about uh, Mille Lacs and Lake Winnebagosh. Oh, yeah. Premier Walleye Lakes mm-hmm. that are interconnected. And, uh, and and to have, you know, Asian carp in there, it's just a spot that's just beyond scary. Yeah, well, actually, there's a lot of different, and as I was reading up on this, a lot of different species of what they would call Asian carp. There's five. One of them, the black actually gets up to like 150 pounds or something. You've got the big head and silver carp, which average 30 to 40 pounds, Jim, and, and, and can get up to over 100. And you've got the black and then the grass carp. Now, it seems like the blacks are the ones that are the least of the problems right now. The big head and silver are the worst. And But they all they were all brought here on purpose to, you know, in in the aquaculture field and, and uh, escaped. And uh, that's just another reminder we've got to look at what we're bringing into our own country yeah they were imported uh to like you said for catfish ponds and for cleaning up uh wastewater treatment and then you know I mean, there's a lot of speculation uh most say due to flooding and and, and they got loose that, that's kind of absolutely amazing now th- is this true i didn't know this steve but i was reading that uh like the jumping carp they're triggered by vibrations in the water let's say you, you know, your outboard motor, or um, a lot of the times people are getting hit on jet skis. Um, is that true? Yes, the silver carp, for something something about the vibration of an outboard really? or some sort of a motor will trigger it. It's interesting, Trav, when you pull into a, a back cove, you can rev your engine and the whole place will light up. <laughs> I mean, everybody has seen the videos now. It's an amazing, amazing thing to see. Yeah, now, not trying to be all doom and gloom, Steve, but in your honest opinion, not that we're doubting any of the, the fish and games abilities and the, the, the government's abilities to, you know, um, try to suppress the growth of these. Yeah, look what you, they did with the post office. <laughs> do you really think that this is something that we can step in and some sort of uh, kind of manage. Obviously, uh, we're never going to be able to stop them. We're not going to be able to eradicate them. Do you think there is anything we can honestly do? You know, back in the 50s when the sea lamprey got into the Great Lakes and devastated lake trout fisheries, you know, multi-million dollar back then yeah. uh, fisheries, you wonder how can you how can we control something that's so widespread and, and they found an Achilles heel on these. Mm-hmm. on these species. But right now, we do not want Asian carp in Lake Erie. We do no. not want Asian carp in Winnebagosh. We just don't. Just like we don't want Canadians down here in America. <laughs> 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 Steve's not going to comment on that one. But, you no, know, I'm not that one. <laughs> I just really think that us, us boaters, you know, fishermen and women need to be cognizant of everything we do. And we need to make sure that we follow the laws and take certain precautionary measures uh, that we don't infect other bodies of water um, that may not have um, some of these invasive species. I agree. Some of the carp were distributed via bait buckets. If you take a bucket of minnows to a lake, you're, you know, at the end of the day, it used to be traditional just to dump them out into the lake, and that's really the worst thing you can do because you don't know what's in the water, you don't know what the bait is, mm-hmm. and so you know anglers can dump those into the uh, into the garbage containers uh, or or just simply to kill the bait and, and, and throw it into the trash. And that's, that's the best thing we should be doing. You bet. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Steve Panaz. He has a program called 
Lake Commandos. That's right, Steve. One more time to find out more about you, find out more about Lake Commandos, possibly just get some uh, great tips from you, buddy. Been in the industry a long time. You really know your stuff. Where can we find you online? Uh, check it out at this uh, Facebook, uh, lakecommandos.com. Uh, and uh, it's a fun place to visit, lots of information and uh, some prizes. So everybody can join and, and like the page. And it's a fun place to be. Yeah, fun, interactive uh, page. Make sure you check it out. Hey, we're the Revolution. We're proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you check them out at outdoorchannel.com plus Ram Trucks at ramtrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com plus Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Steve! Big Steve! Man, this has been fun having you on, buddy. Uh, thanks so much, friend. Anytime, guys. It's always fun. Alrighty. Hey, coming up next, we've got Rick Boatner, and he's the Invasive Species and Wildlife Integrity Coordinator for the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife. That's right. More Invasive Species coverage coming up next. But first, uh, here's a factoid from Mark. See you after this. Ram Trucks Invasive Species Factoid. Grasslands and prairies are the world's most imperiled ecosystem. Only 5% of grasslands are protected globally, but they are greatly threatened by three things. Number one, the spread of invasive species. Number two, the suppression of natural fire. And number three, the fragmentation and urbanization of grassland habitat. Well, we've got to get to a break, but while we're gone, hit us up at twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN. Introducing Terra, a new line of premium optics that combines the benefits of legendary German design and engineering with the performance features you've come to expect from Zeiss, all at an incredible value. Find out more at Zeiss.com forward slash sports. The Ruger 1022 Takedown, a new take on the legendary Ruger 1022. With all of the features and functionality of America's favorite rimfire rifle, the Ruger 1022 Takedown easily separates for convenient storage and transportation. Reassembly is simple and returns the rifle to zero, ensuring precision shot after shot. Packed in a backpack-style bag included with the rifle, the Ruger 1022 Takedown makes it easy to keep America's favorite rimfire by your side. Stay invisible in the field. Rely on Camoform to protect and conceal your gear and your gun. Flexible and reusable with no sticky residue. See all 14 popular patterns and find a dealer near you at Camoform.us. Season one, change bass fishing forever. This time, I hate losing. Their bass is on the line. I'm a little jacked right now. The world's best anglers. Look at that! Are all in? Yes, yes. And 23 more still want their trophy. Get hooked again. Jack Link's Major League Fishing, Thursdays 9 p.m. 8 Central, only on Outdoor Channel. True to the core. This is the American dream in action. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. These guys are cool, but not that cool. Hey, before the break, we heard from old Steve Panez. He has a program called Lake Commandos. Why is it called Lake Commandos? He fishes with no skibbies on. He doesn't wear skibbies! <laughs> he makes, goes commando! It makes him free when he's out of the water. Isn't there a song called Free Fallen or something like that? Yeah, Tom Petty. Frank, you got that? No! That's a good sign. <laughs> Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Anyways, we are talking about invasive species on today's show. You know, invasive species kind of covers everything, uh, whether it's aquatic, where it's land, uh, plants, it doesn't really matter. You know that Spanish moss is kind of a, an invasive species down yeah, there. Yeah, Spanish moss. How about kudzu? That's absolutely amazing. little uh, history behind that. Uh, it's mainly in the south. Uh-huh. Um, the U.S. government actually paid farmers back in the 30s to plant kudzu. It's a Japanese plant. It's a vine, uh, actually. Yeah, it's a vine to help control erosion. It did a really great job, but it just kind of, <laughs> I mean, this crap takes over. You can't um, get through it. Yeah, Frank actually has a clip. Frank, do you have a clip about that, about kudzu? Uh, yeah, go ahead and play that. Uh, listen to this, guys and gals. You're going to be amazed. Now consider kudzu, nicknamed the vine that ate the south. As you can see, it's taken over the vegetation that was here. It's overtopping the small trees. It's overtopping the taller trees, and it will eventually shade them out. The trees will die, and it'll all come down to the ground, and everything that's here will be kudzu. There won't be anything living in here except for kudzu. And the funny thing is our government 
Hey, in their infinite wisdom, people to plant this, and now it is grown so out of control that they can't afford to get rid of it. We're going to have a new state called Kutsu. That is our government at its finest right there. Anyways, we are talking about invasive species on today's show, and we're just now being joined by uh, Rick Boatner, and he is the Invasive Species and Wildlife Integrity Coordinator uh, for the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife. Rick! Rick! Uh, how's it going, buddy? Good, thank you. Yourself? Uh, not too bad. Do they call you Ranger Rick? Yes. <laughs> no, the, by my own family, generally. Oh, that's, that, those are fighting words. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. So the Eurasian collared dove, they were first They first started kind of popping up, uh, if this is correct, uh, down in Florida in the early 80s, and now they can pretty much be found all across the U.S. Is that true, Rick? Correct, yeah. Yeah, I had read somewhere where uh, you know you can, you can actually hunt these things I think in Kansas, pretty much 365, where the uh, morning doves uh, and and so forth, uh, there's a pretty close season on those things. Not close, but they're, it's uh, really highly regulated because they're migratory. But I found that the Eurasian doves that we have, I mean, they stick around for the winter. they got heavy coats. Yeah, ours uh, hang around all year here in Oregon, too. That's part of the problem. They don't migrate. Mm-hmm. So they're using the food supplies that uh, the morning doves and everything else coming through. Now, you actually recommended that the state of Oregon uh, classify these Eurasian collared doves as an underprotected species, meaning they could be hunted year round. And you went on to state that these doves could make Oregon the, the 40th state to become saturated with the birds since they reached North America. Now, did that actually come to fruition? Did you get them to do that? Yeah, they're listed. They're Really? Quite the same way as starlings and house sparrows are here in Oregon. You know what? It kind of amazes me, Rick, on all these fads, you know, especially in America right now. We're, we're going with this all green products or mm-hmm. organic at the grocery store. We recycle. We do this. We do that. We're trying to save the planet. But like Jim said, oh, here's a boa constrictor. Let's let it go in the Everglades. Ah, let's let our pet turtle go. Let's flush an alligator. <laughs> I mean, eventually... We're going to suffer the consequences of our actions, and I think everybody now is stepping back and saying, holy crap, what have we done? But people keep doing this kind of stuff, Rick. Oh, yeah. I I think part of it's through the online. Uh, You can buy them online so easily. (laughs) And people assume that they buy them online, they're legal in their state. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I bought me a dove on eBay. (laughs) Yeah. And that's really common. I hear that all the time. My kid wanted a turtle. I went on whatever... Uh, internet site found it and bought it, and they didn't know till later when we put a press release out, or or generally when the kid goes to college and the turtle's too big, they want to get rid of them, and then they find out they weren't supposed to have it to begin with. Yeah, well, you know, one of the one of the problems that uh, that we're seeing in uh, Florida and working its way up the East Coast is snakeheads. Do you have a yeah. problem with snakeheads out there? Not yet. That's one of our big worries because they do fine in our waters, mm-hmm. and. Uh, California found some a few years ago, took care of them, and British Columbia found a few in a pond up there. You know, this is kind of a question we've been asking everybody, but it seems like it doesn't matter what you're talking about when it pertains to our forests, our prairies, um, our waters. Everything is being inundated um, with non-indigenous species. Is this something we are ever going to be able to uh, manage, control, curtail it? Um, or or eradicate it. Or eradicate it, yes. I mean, it, or is this just something that we're going to have to adapt um, and, you know, eventually everything will kind of find its own balance? Now I'm sounding all Water hippie-like. Water sinks its own level. Yeah. Well, I think prevention is first. If we can get the people to uh, think about what, you know, like for pets, what kind of pets they're bringing in and check the state regulations. Uh, eradication for a lot of these species is just one cost prohibited. And uh, two, you know, if there's a little reserve somewhere, then, you know, as soon as you clean up one area, they come back because they've got a little hidey hole somewhere. You know, you, we see that with uh, uh, different fish species uh, yeah. in Oregon here, even with feral swine. We can control it on one property, but they move in from a different property. Wow. Well, hey, we've been talking with Rick Boatner. He is the Invasive Species and Wildlife Integrity Coordinator for the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife. He's got a business card that's really big. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) The title sounds important. Yeah, it it unfolds. (laughs) It reads more like a book. Now, one more more time, Rick, to find out what we can do and to educate ourselves, uh, where would you recommend us heading to online? Uh, I go to our state website yeah. and look under invasive species. You also go to NOAA and some of those other organizations. they got a pretty good website. Yeah, and if you just honestly um, hop on Google 
and you just type in uh, Rick Boatner, a lot of interesting things are going to come up. Uh, things, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. well, things. Uh, arrest records. Yeah, all sorts of dirt you can dig up on Rick. Yeah, pretty much. Well, hey, we want to say real quick uh, thanks to some of our sponsors. How about Ram Trucks? Ramtrucks.com plus Outdoor Channel. Check them out at OutdoorChannel.com and Cabela's. World's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. In a high mountain seasonings, that is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com and Ruger at Ruger.com. And uh, what, who else should we mention real quick? Uh, hey, how about Zeiss? Zeiss. Zeiss.com uh, forward slash sports. Mr. Rick, this has been very informative, buddy. Uh, he is the Invasive Species and Wildlife Integrity Coordinator for the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife. Uh, we appreciate what you're doing, man. Keep up the good work, and thanks so much, buddy. Well, thanks a lot. Hey, coming up next, we've got Kurt Dieter. He is the editor for uh, Trout. That's the magazine for Trout Unlimited. He's also the uh, editor-at-large for Field and Stream. I have no idea what editor-at-large means. I'll have to look that up before uh, he likes we donuts. talk to him. Uh, anyways, uh, we are talking about invasive species once again on today's show. Here's another Ram Trucks factoid uh, with Mark. We'll talk to you guys after the break. See ya. Ram Trucks Invasive Species Factoid. Giant salvinia in the south can quickly cover an entire water body. This prevents sunlight from getting to the aquatic plant and phytoplankton and preventing new oxygen from entering the waters. Decaying organic material then uses up the existing oxygen, thus causing harm to organisms that need oxygen. The salvinia also prevents many forms of aquatic recreation, such as fishing and boating. But if anyone has a good recipe that uses salvinia, please email us at radio at outdoortrails.com. Network.com. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. Hunting from a tree is good, but hunting from inside a tree is better. The Tree Blind from Nature Blinds is the most realistic hunting blind on the planet. It fools animals and looks great on your property, too. Visit natureblinds.com for details. Getting outdoors has never been easier than with Outdoor Channel's Spring Fever Sweepstakes. Presented by Go RV. Win great prizes like a 2013 Flagstaff Classic Folding Camping Trailer from Forest River. And be like expert angler Mark Zona. It's easy to take my family fishing when I have the comforts of home right at my fingertips. Having a kitchen where I can clean and cook the fish right there makes mealtime a snap. Log on to OutdoorChannel.com today and every day, all month long, to win great prizes. Discussion today is... This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. No offense, but you guys freak me out with your tiny hands and your teeth falling out all the time. Hey, we're back just before... Uh, hey <laughs> In the last uh, break, we actually were talking with... Uh, what the heck was his name? Uh, Rick Boatner. Yeah, he's with the Oregon something-something up there. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Eurasian doves. Yeah, Rick's going to enjoy that. Yeah, I'm Rick with something, something or other. Uh, anyways, we said that uh, Kurt Dieter was going to be on, and he is the Trout Magazine editor, also the editor at large for Field and Stream. Having a bad connection, um, he's going to try to get to a better place. So we're kind of moving around some guests. Hey, and coming up next, you're not going to believe who it is, because I don't even know. It's Ken Joelli. He's a program <laughs> extension agent with the University of Florida, and he conducts a feral hog management research and extension once again, there for the University of Florida, but I, it, you 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 found something that was really interesting. This is really interesting. I think this is so cool. Um, well, it's in line with two, this week's show. Yeah, Underground Miami. It's I don't know what it is. It's a little organization. They actually got the top three chefs in Miami to go head to head in a competition for Miami's best invasive chef. And uh, the guy that actually won this, I think this is so cool, executive chef Tim and Ballo from a Sugarcane Bar and Grill. He won with his python, chili stew, wild boar sliders, and snakehead slaw. Wow. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. I think this is so cool. A uh, gastronomical feat. Uh, why not? I, I'm serious. It turned bad into good. Uh, once again, we are being joined by uh, Ken Joel, and he's a program extension agent with the University of Florida. And Ken conducts feral hog management research and extension once again for the University of Florida. Uh, Ken, how's it going, buddy? Oh, hi, Trav. Hi, Jim. How are you guys? Yeah, we're doing, doing good. pretty good. Now, this is interesting. I was actually trying to do a little uh, reading 
You know, I've I've always it's, <laughs> that's something new. It's hard for me, Ken. <laughs> oh, um, no. I've always known that you know feral hogs are very uh, ferocious uh, predators. But I'm reading something here. It says they eat sheep, goats, cattle, chickens, and people don't usually associate wild pigs with and being predators. Small kids, uh, yeah, of large animals. But are they really predators of large animals like that? Well, I think of them as being opportunistic, and yeah. uh, for the most part, what they're really wanting is to root around for tubers and things in the ground. Yeah. Um, so primarily they're vegetarian. Mm-hmm. However, if the opportunity is there, they will pick at a dead carcass. They will um, <laughs> take down little baby newborns, especially, you know, newborn sheep, things like that. Oh, my and, gosh. Um, they, they tend to be, you know, they're omnivores. They'll delete just about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are opportunists, yes. Wow. Holy cow. Okay, now we can blame all this on a guy by the name of Cortez, right? Is he the guy that brought the first hog? Well, DeSoto was the one that they thought actually originally brought them in. Well, he brought them in a car. Yeah, (laughs) the old DeSoto. Yeah, the original introduction was probably for livestock purposes, Mm -hmm. and more than likely it was in the Charlotte area on the West Coast. Mm, We can blame them on everything. Now yeah, they're not around anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> now um, you guys are only second to Texas in um, numbers um, concerning populations of feral hogs, right? Yeah, uh, that's what the estimates are, and we can figure about half a million. Well, now yeah. you you had mentioned that they're omnivores, and uh, I know that up in Michigan uh, they had an island there in the Detroit River that was just infested with snakes, and they put a bunch of uh, hogs on the island and eradicated all the snakes. Now, is that uh, something that's happening there in Florida with these guys? No, I think we have it in the reverse. Um, <laughs> the snakes you know, actually I, eat I the hogs. I am a member of the Python Patrol, and I'm sure you've probably heard about it. And um, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if, uh, you know, having them eat a little piglet or even a full-blown hog um, would not be unheard of. That is really? wild. I mean, yeah. that is crazy, Ken. Yeah. Now, what do you say... Obviously, we want to encourage hunting and all this. I know in some states they have the, I think, where you can actually capture them and then sell actually, them. Actually, Texas uh, does that. Is it Texas? Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you recommend? What should people be doing to um, help curtail this problem? Uh, first of all, hunting can be effective. Mm-hmm. However, what we're recommending is that people practice adaptive management. Do whatever it takes to get the job done. Uh, what we've noticed with hunting they change from being active in the day and at night, um, and when the hunting pressure is introduced, they become more nocturnal, and they bed down in the daytime, so it actually makes it more difficult for mm-hmm. people to find them in the day. Mm-hmm. So what we're really recommending is that people use corral traps, mm-hmm. and there are a whole bunch of difficulties associated with that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, corral traps, are it's made out of sturdy metal. Think of almost like gates. And have it something that's fairly large. Like, I would say about the minimum size, about 10 by 10. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, the larger, the better. And then you'll have a one-way door that's sloped inwards. And what you'll do with that one-way door is you'll prop it open, and you'll leave it like that for a few days. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of this corral trap, you'll dig a hole, you'll stick a bucket down into that hole, and then you'll fill it up with um, corn, Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people recommend strawberry soda. I've never tried it. But, um, <laughs> really, anything that's got sugar in it. Yeah. Um, and what will happen is the feral hogs will find it, and that sugar eventually starts to become alcohol. And you'll just leave it all there to let the corn start to ferment and leave the door propped open. And eventually one of the feral hogs in the area will figure out how to get into that trap, help themselves to that alcoholic corn slurry, and then just like, you know, spring breakers, They'll go and get the family and friends the next night and bring them all back. And then it'll be party time in that corral. And then at about the fourth day or so, you'll close that door, and then they'll just be able to knock it open from the outside and go one right after the other. Mm-hmm. And they can't figure out how to get back in again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what people can do once they get the entire sounder, um, it's a matter of them either going to wrangle them out or, um, you know, where it's legal, uh, you know, there are laws that are different everywhere. Yeah. People can shoot them and, and process them right there on site. So um, I think probably the best recommendation would be the corral trap, followed by the hunting, followed by the single box traps, and um, practicing adaptive management, whatever it takes to get the job done. Yeah. You bet. Hey, we're going to have to leave it there, Ken. We've been talking with Ken Joelli, and, of course, he is an extension agent for the University of Florida, 
right down there at West Palm. Ken, to find out more about you, how we can get involved and to educate ourselves, buddy, uh, where do you recommend us heading to online? Uh, people can go to solutionsforyourlife.com okay. and just put in feral hog or pig, and I'm sure they'll find information on that. Ken's um, the man. Thank you. Ken knows everything. Once again, Ken Joelli, he's a program extension agent with the University of Florida. Uh, but, hey, we're the revolution. We're proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you check them out at OutdoorChannel.com plus Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com. Mr. Ken, man, this has been great. Thank you so much, friend. Thanks, Ken and Trav. And also, I want to um, thank all the members of the armed services that are listening to us today. You bet. Hey, coming up next year, I believe this this is for real this time, old Kirk Dieter. He's the editor for Trout Magazine. That's a Trout Unlimited publication. He's also the editor at Large Four Field and Stream Magazine. Yeah, it's a good thing we didn't have him on because I still haven't found out what editor at large means. We call him Sir Large. Ah, uh, Kirk Dieter, he's coming up next. But first, we got another Ram Trucks factoid with Mark. Uh, we'll talk to you after the break. Ram Trucks Invasive Species Factoid. In the United States, about 3 million acres are lost to invasive plants each year, which equals twice the area of Delaware. And our natural habitats on public lands are being lost at a rate of 4,600 acres a day to invasive species. Remember, if you've missed part of today's broadcast, you can always go back and listen to it at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet outdoor meals. These freeze-dried meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet meals at a sporting goods store near you or at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. It's time to fight fire with steel to advance truck technology with the available Pentastar V6 and 8-speed transmission the 2013 Ram 1500 with best-in-class fuel economy backed by a 5-year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty engineered to move heaven and earth guts, glory, Ram the new Ram 1500 with best-in-class fuel economy is Motor Trend's 2013 Truck of the Year. Learn more about Ram's pioneering technologies at ramtrucks.com. Standard pickup class excludes hybrid models. EPA estimated 17 city, 20 combined, 25 highway MPG based on Ram V6 4x2. See dealer for powertrain limited warranty. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. We rolling? We're rolling. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We'll put it on the air immediately. Hey, if you're just joining us, you found out that, hey, we're out of sequence here. Yeah, we got out of sequence there. No, current Dieter phoned in. Uh, bad connection. Terrible connection. We've already talked about this before, you know, when we were talking to Ken Joelli. Anyways, we kind of switched him around. It's still not the best connection, but, you know, hopefully we'll kind of make it work. Well, before the break, though. Uh, you know, we are talking about invasive species on the show uh, today, but before the break, we were talking about feral hogs with Ken Joelli, and he is a, a program extension agent with the University of Florida, and he conducts feral hog management research and extension work uh, down there in Florida. They're doing miraculous things with feral hogs. Kind of cool. Yeah, uh, it's called Pork Cup. You know, what company is that? Is I think, is it everybody? They're renaming different cuts of pork to make them sound more delectable. Really? So they sell better. In, um, like, supermarkets. Let's see what they do with Hog Joe. No, they were doing, like, instead of a pork chop, they were going to call it, like, uh, a pork sirloin. Really? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's really crazy, the names that they came up with. It's kind of dumb, really. It's, I mean, it's still the same thing. Everybody knows that. But I got out of breath. <laughs> um, anyways, right now we're being joined by a Kirk Dieter. And once again, we want to apologize. It's not the best connection. But he is the uh, editor for Trout Magazine. Also the... Uh, Editor at large. He's actually the editor at large for Field and Stream Radio. I like to call it the roving editor. (laughs) Actually, it's not to Field and Stream Radio. It's just Field and Stream Magazine. Why do you always say that? I don't know. It just uh, stuck in my head. Uh, Anyways, uh, we're talking about Rocksnod. I'm kind of congested right now. I think I have some Rocksnod. It's not very good. Anyways, uh, Kirk, how's it going, buddy? 
I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys doing? We're doing pretty good. I see. All I think we need is a lot of Claritin. We <laughs> dump that in the rivers. It's going to clear up this rock snot. Um, this is disgusting, Kirk. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a problem. It's something we got to be on guard about. Because yeah. If you, and, and, the, and the problem is that we anglers who like fishing so much can be the problem that transports it from one river to another. Mm-hmm. So we have to clean our boots and our waders. Whether we see it or not, Roxnod or Didymo is, is a, it's an algae. And it, yeah. in the summertime when it blooms and it, it covers all the rocks on the mm-hmm. bottom of the river, that covers all the bugs and the fish eat the bugs. So it, it makes trout fishing impossible on some of these classic trout streams. Is that why they, um, in some states, basically outlawed felt bottom boots? Is that why? That's a big reason. You know, there are really? a number of culprits. There are another, another, uh, several uh, invasive species or concerns that can be transported in felt. So mm-hmm. you know, things like whirling disease spore and New Zealand mud snails, there's always something to worry about. But felt is a culprit because these organisms can get in that felt. Mm-hmm. And we go leave River X and go to River Y, and we don't even see it. But those things live inside the felt, and then we transport them unwittingly. Yeah. Mm. Now, you said that this uh, rock snot actually uh, is indigenous to North America, and then we have actually spread it around the world. How the heck do we do that? You know, I think it's they're learning a lot about it, especially in the last, oh, 10 years or so. But I'll give you an example. In, in the South Island of New Zealand, mm-hmm. they didn't see any of this. Um, two decades ago, and about a decade ago, they saw it in one river. And now this problem is in many of their major rivers. Uh, so, But it's not on the North Island of New Zealand. And they think that it came from parts of Canada. Yeah, And it's been in the United States, but it didn't show up east of the Mississippi until recently. And, and the one real concern is that we guys who fish and gals who fish are the ones who are transporting it. Well, I think this all goes back to, I think that the most important thing you pulled out is it's Canada's fault, and oh, yeah. everything <laughs> is Canada's fault. I mean, look, look what's happening with Justin Bieber, that whole invasion, okay? It's kind of annoying. now. Before, He's kind of a snot. <laughs> he is a snot. Uh, anyways, my kids like him, but uh, before we go on with this, Kirk, to find out more about you, everything you do, buddy, uh, where can we find you online? The best place is fieldandstream.com. I run the Fly Talk blog, which is, uh, I do that with Tim Romano, and we talk about fly fishing every day. All right, so we're not wearing our felt-bottom boots anymore, but, I mean, what can we do to stop this? It's already there. In the summertime, it's going to bloom. It's just going to keep getting worse and worse. I know we, we want to stop from transporting it, but how about the places that it's already at? Is there anything that can be done? Any chemicals? Um, what not do we, we like chemicals. No, we hate chemicals. Uh, no, but what can we do, man? You know, they're they're looking into ways of making it better, and they're finding some ways, but... Still right now, prevention is still more important. An ounce of prevention is more important than a pound of cure. And there are a lot of clean, clear rivers that are threatened. And the onus is on us anglers to visually inspect our boots. If you see stuff that looks like snot on your boots, get it off your boots. It's pretty simple, right? (laughs) And let them dry out in the sun. Or freeze them or do something. Just visually inspect your boots and get all that gunk off of there. And just think, if everybody would have been doing this, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we wouldn't be in the spot we're at today. I think you're right. Yeah. I agree with that. But, hey, we're actually coming up on a break, Kirk. Uh, to find out more about you, how we can get involved, read some of your stuff, uh, where do we have to go to, buddy? Well, on this kind of topic, go to cleanangling.org. That's okay. a great place to learn about rocks, not, and how to keep your rivers healthy. And about me... Again, fieldandstream.com, and you'll find all you need to know. Yeah, you also have a Facebook page, don't you? I do have a Facebook page, and I'm also the author of a book called The Little Red Book of Fly Fishing, so people can check that out, too. The book is actually blue. Yeah, kind of <laughs> throws you <laughs> off a little bit. Hey, that was old uh, Kirk Dieter, and this guy knows a whole lot about snot. He knows everything about snot. He's just a good guy. Uh, he's got a collection of boogers. <laughs> uh, but, hey, we're the revolution. We're proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you uh, check them out. Tune in. Watch them. Outdoorchannel.com. Also, Ram Trucks. Ramtrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com. And High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com. Plus, Cabela's. World's foremost out there at Cabela's.com. And one last one, a Zeiss. At Zeiss.com forward slash sports. Mr. Kirkman, been very informational, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on, friend. Thanks, guys. Anytime. 
Ram Trucks Invasive Species Factoid. Invading non-indigenous species in the United States cause major environmental damage, public health problems, and cost the nation more than $122 billion per year. Plants are responsible for $36.6 billion of this. There's more Jim and Trav action-packed invasive species coverage to come, so listen closely. And now, two men who live, eat, breathe the outdoors. Hey, we want to give a special thanks to all of our 419 affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer Mark Paneri, Frank the Sound Guy, Doug Grand, Steve Panaz, Greg Boatner, Ken Joelli, and Kirk Dieter. It's Joe. Allie. Anyways, especially a special thanks to all you boys and girls for tuning in and listening to us, making us the number one outdoor radio show in the country. Little cha-ching for us. But make sure you get outside this weekend, you know, take some kids with you. Uh, turkey hunting is available, ice fishing in certain parts of the country. Just be safe when you're out there. Uh, stick around because your local news weather, it is coming up next. God bless you, boys and girls. Stay safe out there. Uh, Jimbo and I love you. Also, we want to say a special thanks to Outdoor Channel and Ram Trucks. Peace out. Love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.